Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fans from the Stands. This is episode number, I'm losing count, 14? 14, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. 14. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mickey. I'm with my other co-host, Ivan. Hey, everybody. And uh, we're now, we're going to start off things a little bit differently this week. We're going to uh, move right into a new segment we like to call the Trainer's Table with Dr. Andre Senechal. It's the best I got, Andre. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we're here with... Again, uh, Dr. Andre Senechal, who's the uh, owner and uh, uh, doctor of chiropractic medicine, I want to say, uh, from uh, Livmax in uh, Sudbury. Um, so he's got a lot of experience in treating sports injuries, and we thought it'd be kind of a neat thing for him to come on and talk about some Jay's injuries, because if there's something that we're never short of, it's injuries with the Toronto Blue Jays. It's like a revolving door. One comes <laughs> off, another one goes on. <laughs> uh, I long for the day. I, I check the injury news and there's nobody on there. Alas, there's lots of people on there. So at least we'll always have Andre on to talk about it. Uh, so thanks for coming, uh, coming on again, Andre. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some injuries and uh, the big news out of Jay's land uh, medical-wise this week. Uh, David Phelps, the uh, relief pitcher for the Jays, is out for the rest of the year because he had right lat surgery on Tuesday. Can you, uh, can you just give us a little, I don't know, I know it's not very specific. They didn't say what surgery on the lat, uh, but can you just kind of, he's a pitcher. How does that lat and that surgery kind of, how, how would that affect uh, a pitcher? Um, well, a lot of times, um, most of the time when we think about lats, we think about like the wing underneath your arm, right? Uh, when we're thinking doing pull-ups and that kind of stuff or um, yeah, more or less that it's, 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 uh, but when it comes to pitching, it's very crucial because as we're coming through our, our fall through, like when the, the hand is overhead, it's actually responsible for bringing it down and uh, internally rotating. So it helps to deliver that that, that end uh, that snap at the end of the pitch. So the lad is relatively involved when it comes to the pitching, um, especially not as, uh, to get some of that force along with the elbow. But uh, we need the the pitcher has to generate some some decent amount of force to get that pitch into that get that ball delivered, especially if he's a closing pitcher. Um, I'm assuming he's got to be pitching close to 100, if not over 100 miles per hour. I think right? that's the same assumption mostly in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair uh, enough. So yeah, there's a lot of velocity coming on that. So he, he needs to generate a lot of power and a lot of instantaneous power on that. So it puts a lot of stress on on the lat right. um, and the whole shoulder complex as well uh, to generate that that force. So um, yeah, it's a it's a crucial muscle for 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 the active pitch, pitching. Um, I don't think it's a relatively common uh, injury. Uh, especially when, especially uh, when we're talking more about elbows and, and wrists and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, and especially it's such a massive amount of muscle. It, it usually can withstand a lot of load. Um, so it all depends on, on what happened last season to him and, and his his history that would have caused caused that. And so, sometimes it could just be a, a fluke accident as well too. So Recovery. he went up with a uh, strained lat originally. So yeah. that's how the uh, the injury started. And I don't know what happened at that point. Um, just, is that, is that a long, what, like recovery time? What do you, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you've seen a lot of lat surgeries, <laughs> but, uh, what do you think? Like what's, what's, what's recovery time look like? What is, what's, uh, what's the kind of oh. rehab and how long is it going to take for him to get back? Uh, as soon as you cut somebody open, you're looking at at least, at least, uh, probably about two months out. So, and that's at the very best and that's uh, the very best care and very, 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 uh, but yeah, usually it's at least three months. Um, uh, yeah, 
I know just after, especially for me, like after my surgery, when like my abdominal surgery, it's a little different. Yeah. But the, the, the surgeon told me like, yeah, not to do, not to lift anything for, for anything over five pounds for three months afterwards. Um, so it's a significant surgery. And especially a lot, the, the lot, depending on where they came in, if they came into the, uh, the armpit or in the back and depending how big the incision is, um, it, it has to, it has to heal. It, it can't move very much for the next couple of weeks, um, right. probably four or five, six weeks. Uh, and the other thing that, that sucks as therapists uh, in that in that time frame, since it's not moving, uh, if if you don't use it, you lose it type of thing. So his whole muscle will atrophy. Uh, so it'll get smaller, it won't get as strong, so he won't be able to deliver the same force. So yeah, technically the the tissue can heal within four to six weeks, maybe eight weeks. But he's got an extensive amount of rehab after that, so he's probably got another two. To, to three months of rehab after that, just to get him up to, to pitching speed. Yeah. Like we said, to, to deliver a ball at 100 miles per hour, there has to be a significant amount of uh, of development and a little force that, that that goes through this. So he's not going to enter the the field of play until he's 100. percent And yeah, they're probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if he would be next season or spring camp type of thing. That's right. what they said. They they announced that he would miss the remainder of the season. So yeah, see, see we have experts on. He knew exactly what it was going to be before we even told him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're moving on to our, 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 it's our usual George Springer, <laughs> our hundred million dollar man is uh, once again he's still he's, so last time we talked to Andre we you know he, he talked a little bit about George Springer and he had uh, started with his was it what injury was it it's oblique, oblique and then it then it turned into his quad and Andre actually talked about how they related and then uh, sure enough a couple of days later George Springer came back played. Two games? Yeah, two games. Hit two home runs though. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and then he also he also ran out of the batter's box and grabbed his quad. And we haven't seen him since. So I don't know if you could just I, I know we I think we covered this the last time a little bit. Mondrick, would you just explain is he is he favoring in that quad? Is it you know what, what, is it is that is it related to the oblique? Uh yeah, they're they're definitely probably related. But the other thing, um, when I, I would assume um, if it, if it was me. Um, as a baseball player, you're always a little resilient to get back on the field, especially if you're under contract and all that other stuff. So sometimes you might push uh, a recovery a little quicker than you would want uh, to, to return. Um, and then sometimes it it, uh, it ends up negative in fashion like this one is. Uh, so he's straining again. Um, as a therapist, one thing that's, uh, especially if you have a very motivated person, especially like a high, like a, an athlete or, like, or they're very super motivated, to get back to work or whatever it is, um, they'll tend to, once people start feeling better, um, they'll start going back to what they're, they used to do. So um, like I'll, I'll use a runner, for example, if they're running like five, 10, 15 kilometers, once they start feeling their knee starts feeling better, they'll start ramping up the kilometers already as soon as they start feeling better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the injury isn't harms and heal. So sometimes taking that little extra week or that extra few days saves you mountains amount of, uh, headaches later on um so maybe they just I, i'm not i'm not saying that they did or they didn't but they they might have pushed it back a little bit too early right and uh strained a little bit and it wasn't 100 healed um and then uh, just at that extra day or the extra two days would have uh, would have helped them out heal a little bit better and he could have been through the, the season like the a lot of the stipulations uh happen and sometimes it's just, you, unfortunately, you just get freak accidents, um, and uh, major league baseball players aren't uh, immune to that, right? So sometimes they'll just step out. You think it's hundred percent healed, it feels great, you did all the right steps, and then you just kind of come off. It's if the uh, if the muscles a little cold, um, 
it's it just a, a perfect storm sometimes, especially when it comes to baseball. Um, I know from a, from a therapy perspective, uh, baseball season's awesome for, for clinic. <laughs> We're glad we can keep you employed. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like for, for us, like uh, at least uh, like for all winter, you, we do we do like a winter sports and stuff like that, and we're all super excited once the, the warm weather comes out, and then we, we try to throw the ball as quickly as we can. So sometimes we just don't we 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 uh, we skip a little bit on the warm up type of stuff, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden my your shoulders are sore because you try to throw uh, from all the way right field all the way home plate, and the, your arm wasn't quite warm, or uh, you sat in the field for X amount of time waiting for a ball to come to you, and then you, it's two, three, four innings later. And then all of a sudden you gotta you gotta you gotta perform 100. percent It's it, I feel baseball is like sink or swim. Uh, you're either standing there or you're sprinting full full bore. Uh, if, it's our, like, if it's our slow pitch team, it's usually standing there. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's, it's same in the majors, like they, they they do stuff in the in the fields and that kind of stuff to, to stay warm and they do that kind of stuff. But they have to they have to perform, especially for a right fielder. Uh, they have to cover a lot of distance in a short amount of time to catch fly balls or base hits and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they're 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 more or less spinning. So the amount of force that that, that quad needs to, to generate um, is quite a bit. So um, so he was DHing, uh, which meant that he was actually spending a lot of time in in the dugout, except for when he was hitting when he oh. was running full board at first. So that could that have played a role in that? Uh yeah, just because. Um, if the tissue tolerance of the, the tissue is too cold, and we'll say cold, but if it's not, uh, if it if it, if it doesn't reach optimal elasticity, so if we if we we get a proper blood flow to the, the muscle, then it's just a little more supple, um, and then it has it has more elasticity to it. When it's cold or if there's not enough blood flow to the area, it's just a little more stiff, mm. and that's where the, you could argue that there's a higher chance of, of injury at that point in time. Um, so it's yeah, usually there's injury at the beginning when it's when there's not enough blood flow and or when the muscle is too fatigued at the end. So, so a question that I have is when an injury or an injury is re-aggravated, does that set you all the way back? Or I know like you're not like you're not there and you're not treating the actual person, but does that make things worse to come back too early and then re-aggravate your injury? Uh, it would definitely in this case, I would, I would assume it probably coming back at least 50%. So he's probably like 50, 60 percent. All depends on how how much it is, but yeah, there is definitely a setback, and uh, it's it's tough that we all, it's it's a conversation that I usually have with uh, with my with my patients and clients. That's it's almost like a roller coaster. So there's you're gonna have really really good days, and when you have those really good days, you always want to flirt around like a 70 percent of what you used to do, just so we can continue those those good days going and kind of wear off the bad days. And once those more and more good days kind of come along, then we can start ramping up going from that 70 to 75 to 80. So there's just a different protocol. Um, but yeah, so it all depends. And then both if they, if he does become a result and you do get a re-injury, uh, depending on how severe the, uh, the re-injury is, um, it can be just as bad, but yeah, I'd err on the side of caution and probably about 50%-ish. Mm. I think me and I are going to submit to the Blue Jays asking for their MRI results so we can send them <laughs> send <to be> away. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens yeah unfortunately unfortunately george springer hasn't been seen since may 2nd so we've been waiting for our big new oh, wow. signee for 24 20 uh, 24 days now yeah yeah it's it's uh we need them well we'll talk well, about that yeah <laughs> um in, well let's get out of jay's specific uh injuries because we could talk all day <laughs> <I guess. laughs> 
uh, we've got Vigio at his neck, but in, in, in the hard part about trying to talk about uh, injuries, especially with the Jays, they're not very specific. It's all like hockey, right? Upper body injury, lower body injury. They don't actually specify what it is, but uh, Kevin Vigio is out with a neck thing. He had some tape on the back of his neck. I don't know what that's about, but. Yeah, well, it says that he has a, a, sp- a, a spine ligament uh, sprain. Okay. Um, so, um, it, it could be a, could be multiple things. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's a usually it's like a when anything has to do with like a ligament, it's just like a sprain strain. So yeah, your neighborhoods are probably uh, it's not, it's not a, a super super severe injury. So chances are that he could probably still be on the on the, the field of play. Okay. Um, probably the the, the kinesio tape adds a little bit of proprioceptive awareness. Um, just What's so he that? doesn't. What kind of awareness? Uh, proprioception awareness. So, <laughs> I can't spell that. We, okay, so <laughs> we, we we put the we put the the kinesiology tape or the K tape on there. Um, okay. and uh, the cool thing about that tape uh, is there's a stretch to it. So we put it under. So as a therapist, what we call it's under tension. So for the neck, what we want to do is we want to stretch it out. So when it's it's it, we put it on, there's a stretch to it, and then it almost uh, pushes him into like a more like a, a proper uh, spinal alignment or a proper neck posture just so his neck can heal um because it, it's not like we could brace the neck or like if if we have like a wrist uh, a wrist injury or like an elbow injury we could just put a, a brace on it for a couple of hours like a day or two days or if the same thing with an ankle we put a brace in three four days and it let it heal uh, with the with the, the neck injury or with any sprain we have to add we have to unload it somehow and the best way to do that with the neck is to put a little bit of K tape on there just so it forces him from a proprioception. So there's just a, a feedback from the tape, the stretchiness of the tape, it, it pulls on the skin and it brings him back. So there's that, that, that feeling when the pulling on the skin will put him in a better, in a better neck posture okay. and him being in a, in a proper neck posture will allow proper healing. It's like putting a, a, a neck brace without putting a neck brace on him. So it'll just, he'll physically just bring his neck back and then uh, it'll, It'll, it'll allow the tissues in a short position to heal a little bit better and still allow movement and still allow them to, to play, uh, to play. Yeah. So, uh, well, second base, he, need, he, he needs a lot of movement. So, um, yeah. Unlike our, unlike our second baseman in slow pitch, we, yeah. <laughs> unless it's hit yeah. at us, uh, space it. Uh, so we're just, I was wondering, uh, Andre, maybe you enlighten us a little bit about the, so injuries are up 22% in major league baseball this year. And it seems to be a trend uh, watching baseball games is that this is, this is expected somehow. I don't know. And, and this is what, and this is what I'm going to ask you. Um, why is it expected all of a sudden that soft tissue injuries have become so prevalent? I would, I, I guess is the best word for it uh, this year. And I'm, I'm assuming it's got something to do with the fact that last year they played a full thing of spring training season got canceled. They came back and when August, uh, uh, yeah so they they had spring training in march stopped yes. until june had yeah. another june spring training and then started in late july or mid july or and then the spring training in june was like oh two weeks or something yeah yeah so it was like a lot of start stop people gained weight <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> and yeah. uh and then they came back and then yeah. a shortened season so can you, so I don't know if you can explain why that be, why there's more injuries or you got a couple of theories. Um, so when it comes to injuries, we're always worried about um, tissue capacity. Okay. So especially, uh, I'll probably get the number wrong again, but 162 games is a full season. That's right. Yeah. And dead okay. on. <laughs> you become a baseball man yet. 
but um so yeah, so that's 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 a lot of games to play in, in one season, especially if it's over the course it's over the course of, of five months. So that's a, that's a lot of a lot of days in, uh, playing. So um, what we're always worried about is, is rest period. So that's just the games we're not considering the practice, uh, the practice, the batting practice, and all the other stuff that they have to do, plus their workouts, plus all the other stuff that they have to maintain. Um, so that we're we're asking a lot from the body. And a lot of so sometimes with that amount of rest and that amount of time away from the, from the field of play, um, and the, that loss of repetitions, um, the tissue is less hard. It does, so the whole thing that we're trying to do during the preseason and all that other stuff is the, develop like a hardness uh, of the tissue tolerance. So the, they're just physically stronger. Uh, they have more endurance, and the, t- the tissue is just more resilient. So if we take away the repetitions that they had last year, uh, especially the fact that they were on off and then on again. Um, and then there was probably some some other stuff that was involved with it. Maybe they didn't play enough uh, games. Maybe games were canceled because of COVID or different things like that. I, I forget how the, the season went last year. But if we take away those repetitions from last year, uh, there's not as much carryover this season. And then all of a sudden, we're asking them to play the 162 two games. Um, and it all depends. Maybe some, some players, uh, this is all stipulation too, um, maybe some people, uh, they weren't sure that the season would start, so they might have been a little bit more uh, lax with their, their preseason workouts and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that they did. They're, they're elite athletes, so I'm sure most of them uh, went about doing the, the preparation as they, as they did. <clears throat> but the fact that they didn't have the repetitions from last year, uh, the, their body isn't as hard, uh, the tissue isn't as strong, um, and, as, uh, and the endurance isn't there as what they had last year. Um, that, sorry, just to, to pause you there. I think that's a great point because we're, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one of the guys who plays our, our all-star right now, uh, that's what happened, right? They, they did spring training last year. He came in 40 pounds lighter. Yep. And then he all of a sudden came back for spring training again in the end of June. It looks like he ate a house. Yeah. He, had, he <laughs> gained all the weight he had lost. And, and then some. And then and, some. Uh, so I, I, that, and that could be, right? That some of the players thought, well, this, this season's not going to be happening anyways, so I'm going to eat a couple more uh, ding-dongs and uh, a couple ball, ball, ballpark francs and and uh, not worry about it. But, yeah, okay, sorry. Continue, Andre. Didn't mean to so, yeah, know. so it all depends on what the thought process was. Uh, like, they could have that same thought process coming into to this season too, right, because it was kind of up, up and down. Um, we had the same uh, winter season as we did, well, at least here in Canada, as we did last year, right? Yeah. Um, so with all the, 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 the lovely COVID stuff. Um, so, yeah, so it just um, – it, it, it just – it's just always looking for uh, building the endurance of the athlete. We, we think about endurance athletes as, as ultra run, marathon runs and stuff like that, um, or marathon runners and that kind of stuff. But to complete 162 season game plus playoffs, that athlete has to have a decent amount of endurance or a fair, like a high amount of endurance through the musculature to bring him through uh, that, that season because he has to perform day in and day out. Um, so we need, we need a lot from, from that body. And if you don't build that capacity – over time then it just it breaks down unfortunately um so yeah so i, th- I think that's what's that's what's happening today in uh in major league uh in major league baseball and if i remember right there was a, there was a higher uh injury rate with uh, the nfl as well not to cross the, the two sports right. Center, right right but no, they no. had a higher injury rate uh when it came to uh to the, the football as well so i, I think it's just the, the lack of preparation uh when, when it comes to the to, to, to baseball and especially as we were, we were chatting earlier when it comes to the pitches, the pitchers, like we're asking them to throw 20 to 30,000 pitches if they pitch a full season. 
So that's a lot. That's a lot of repetitions to ask out of one arm. Plus, not all the that's not all like, like we talked about. Not all the warm up pitches and all the other stuff. So I'm sure they got be close to like fifty thousand or forty thousand uh, repetitions thrown in five months. Like that. That's a lot of repetitions. Um. So yeah. Just to kind of recap that. So basically, what you're saying is, if they didn't use it, then they kind of lost some of their capacity. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. Yeah. That's going to be uh, pretty painful for us, Mickey, when we start playing softball again. <laughs> we haven't played it in two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Andre? You're going to have a lot of appointments. <laughs> so, my, I know this, we're not, Jace, but are they talking about bringing the, uh, like the softball league back? Or is, is there any conversations about that? Or We're still waiting on what the provincial government tells us to do. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It doesn't look good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you've actually brought up some really good points. I think we might touch on uh, next time we talk to you a couple okay. of things, um, how athletes uh, would for 162 games, how they would prepare, um, you know, stuff like what nutrition they should, what, what I don't know. I don't know. I'm obviously not an elite athlete, um, but like what kind of nutrition they would, you know, throughout throughout the whole year and how they, how they would prepare themselves to play 162 games. I mean, that's something we can talk about later. Um, and I'm really curious to know your thoughts and this will be a, a uh, next episode kind of thing, how COVID, so if a player had actually contracted COVID, how that would affect, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you even know this answer, how that would affect their uh, their training and their overall health going forward. I'm sure. Okay, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a little bit of research on, for, for that one for sure. Um, your homework. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you a great article from, um, from Jose Bautista's training and nutrition regiment because Jose Bautista was very well conditioned okay uh, i think you'd be interested in seeing what he was eating and putting it into his body he said everything he put into his body had a purpose yeah i know fair enough and then not to bring the other but uh, um like same thing with tom brady right when you get to that level you have to treat everything as as yeah you have to treat your body that's that's your it's your, your cash cow right that's what you you you, you make your money with i so still would i still wouldn't eat avocado ice cream i don't i don't i don't do tom brady's diet <laughs> Oh god! Yeah. Although his wife is pretty, pretty good looking. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, not as good looking as my wife. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the podcast, anyways. <laughs> okay, so Andre, thanks, thanks a lot for coming uh, well, tonight. Appreciate it, and we'll uh, my pleasure. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll see you next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you on the episode probably next month. Thanks, Andre. Appreciate okay. it. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, yep. buddy. You too. Bye. Ciao. Thanks. And uh, that was Dr. Uh, Andre Seneschal uh, from LiveMax here in uh, Sudbury, Ontario, the owner and uh, proprietor of that establishment. And I highly recommend it. He doesn't pay us to say that. <laughs> he yeah. does this absolutely free. Always appreciate having a, a professional guess. opinion on the show. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll actually have someone from Major League Baseball. Yeah, maybe. Us. Never know. Um, so great. Uh, that, was a, that was an excellent. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Thanks again, Andre. So we'll uh, move on with our podcast. We'll do a little bit of a Jays recap. And I was telling Ivan before the podcast, and uh, not to make light of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder because uh, some of us deal with it, um, but I was getting post-traumatic stress disorder uh, reviewing the games for this past week. Yeah. We were on such a high. We were. Because that's exactly what we talked about. The first thing we talked How was your week? It was great. The Jays won a whole bunch of games. Games, it was fantastic. We're in second place. You know, we're going to play the Red Sox. And the first day happened that, that night where we did the podcast, the Jays win, ate nothing. Things are looking up. It's, you know, we could be in first place in a couple of games. And then someone took a giant dump 
on, on the, the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great point on the bullpen. So uh, again, May 18th, they win eight nothing. Ryu, who you know what? I'll be honest. When they signed him, I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's a good signing. Is he is he a number one starter? Uh, I don't know. He's got a he's had a great ERAs, kind of injury prone, um, but he's he's invaluable. He he has become he, a stopgap, right? You need yeah. a win. Ryu goes on the mound. Yep, exactly. Uh, so he pitched seven innings at uh, that game, gave up four hits, struck out seven, no walks. And uh, bullpen, I think, was that was the last clean game for the next six because May 19th, Red Sox seven, Jays three. Stripling had a rough outing, going three and two-thirds, giving up eight hits, uh, six runs, six earned. But this is when Simeon started heating up, so there's a, there's a positive. There, exactly. He had two, uh, two hits and a home run. May 20th, this, were, this is where... Yeah, <sighs> so things get bad. Jays lose eight to seven. Uh, they lost by giving up two run shot by JD Martinez of the Red Sox with two out in the ninth inning. Yeah. Mats uh, goes six innings, gives up ten hits, five run runs. Dolis, who was going to close the game, one inning pitched, four hits, three run runs. No, yeah, didn't, didn't look sharp at all there. No, he looked wild. It was that was a tough pill to swallow. But you know what? We thought, hey, it's all right. You lost two in a row to the first place team. Let's see what happens against the Rays. Uh, <laughs> May 21st. Rays 9, Jays 7. And that was an extra innings. Uh, Anthony K, four innings pitched, two run runs. Uh, they gave up a grand slam in the 12th inning. I and think was- the Jays are going to lead the league in runs allowed in extras. <laughs> That'd be a good stat. Where's our stat guy? We got we got our stat guy. Is that Carson? Is that his name's Carson? I think for the uh, Sportsnet. We need yeah. Carson on the show. Uh, I, I think because I, I think they do. They give a grand slam in the uh, the ninth. They score two runs in the bottom of the twelfth to to make it closer. It was Guerrero had a two run shot. Uh, Beasley um, four uh, gave up four runs. Um, looked awful. Part of the bullpen again. May twenty, May twenty second. This is a closer game. Rays three, Jays one. We finally got a great pitching performance. Good bullpen work, but just going scoring runs this time. Uh, Ray, uh, seven innings pitched, five hits, one run, seven strikeouts, no walks. No walks. This is this is this is the pitcher we wanted, right? And this is yep. he's he he's that number two guy for sure. And that's what we were saying, right? If Ray can give us, you know five, six, seven innings with only allowing, you know, around three runs, we're good to go. And that's exactly what he did here. Well, he didn't even allow the three runs. And I wasn't, I wasn't expecting all these no walks, right? I, was, yeah. I thought, oh, he'll walk, you know, probably three or four a game, but we'll still take the strikeouts. But man, he's been dominant. Yeah. And then uh, May 23rd, Ray mm-hmm. six, Jays four. Ryu, six, pitched a gem, six and two thirds, give up eight hits, scattered eight hits, I guess, two runs, seven strikeouts. Guerrero hit a home run, but this was the game that um, the bullpen really, really stunk Im- it up. Imploded. Yeah, they. Uh, this is where, you know, where I, I I said earlier in a couple podcasts that you use your best reliever no matter what the situation. So if if it's your, if it's your closer who's your best reliever and you have you're up by one run in the sixth inning and there's a couple of guys on you need to get a couple outs, well, put your closer in then. Um, this. <laughs> <laughs> this game proved me wrong. Chatwood, who's been our dominant closer this year, he had a, a, before this game, he had an ERA under, what, five? 
it was 0.48. 0.4, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he didn't. He was wild. He gave up. He pitched two thirds of an inning, four runs, four earned, and then they put Bergen in, who uh, promptly walked three in a row to lose the game. Yeah. <sighs> but don't worry, sports fans. It gets worse. <laughs> May 24th, their final game against the Rays, and the Rays complete the sweep of the Jays, winning 14-8. And I say 14-8, and you think, wow, that must be in uh, regular, that must be in nine innings. No, no, that was 14-8 in 11 innings, is what I was talking about with, uh, with giving up the most runs in extra innings. Yeah, they, they gave up two in the 10th, but they got two back. Great. So we're going into another extra inning. Yeah. Then they allowed seven in the eleventh. <laughs> That's that was that was an actual word. Just, that perfectly describes how the Jays played this past week. Yeah. Uh, strips, but Stripling. Look at the positives. Yeah, Stripling pitched well. Seven innings pitched. Uh, only gave up two hits after Thornton gave up the five five runs, and they did come back, right? Yeah. So they they chipped away, and then to get. But you know what? We're going to end this on a positive note. Yes. They played yesterday, the Yankees, and any day is a good day when you beat the Yankees. Jays six, Yankees two. Uh, Matt's pitched beautifully, six and two-thirds. He was very close to pitching a complete seven. Uh, six hits, one and run. And Guerrero hit his league-leading 16th home run. So Put a smile on my face. Yeah, it's, it's true, and it, you can see it. It's, it's shining from C to C. Uh, that's the recap of the Jays' week. Um We've kind of talked about what we really thought of that week, which is horrible. But let's let's look at the positives. Ivan, this past week, uh, and a couple of things I think we can take away before we talk about some of the negatives. One is they played the top teams in our division, and I mean they played they played the Rays for four and brought them to extra innings three times. Yeah, and then lost the one and lost one game by two runs. Yeah, so like like the scores look kind of lopsided but they weren't too bad when you look in the like in regulation they were the competitiveness close. right yeah. yeah yeah competitiveness they were they were in every game and and, and what i liked was whenever the other team would take a lead they would kind of come back you know they'd always had these little comebacks of course once you got into extras it kind of blew up there but i mean you, you gotta love those comebacks it shows the grit and it shows they don't quit yeah. Right. They're not, they're not quitting in which uh, we texted Ivan uh, or text, I texted Ivan earlier this week when the game, when they, you know, it was, it's starting to wear on me. Like, you can only watch losing baseball so many times. Eventually, mind you, I should be used to this playing on our softball team. <laughs> I watch a lot of losing ball games. At least I'm drinking. Um, but I was, I was like, ah, oh, they need to, you know, someone's got a lot of fire under their ass. And yeah. so I, I guess I, it's a podcast. I can say ass. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got a lot of fire under their butt. And um, I, I think Pete Walker did that, that one game where he got tossed. Yep. And it, it was, but I don't know about you. I, I don't, and maybe I'll hear your thoughts on this. Why, why was it Pete Walker? Why did Pete Walker have to do that? I think that should be, you know, Charlie Montoya sticking up for his guys and being, you know. I don't so know. He, he went out there uh, when Trent Thornton was being squeezed a little by the umpire. There was a few calls that could have helped him out a little bit. Um, and that's, that's when Pete Walker, it's his job to go out there and talk to your pitcher and kind of get him to relax and, and to, you know, think about an, a plan or attack, plan of attack. And, um, and on his way back to the dugout, he let the umpire know what he felt and the umpire didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> and good for him. 
you know yeah. what? And I don't, I don't always think that's done um, by happenstance, right? I, I personally, I think, I, I think Pete Walker knew exactly who he was saying and knew exactly what he, what he needed to say to get tossed, yeah. because that's going to light a fire, and it did, and yep. to his credit. And, my, and I guess Charlie, Charlie Montoya is just not that kind of manager. He's not John Gibbons. He's not. You're not going to waddle out of the bull, out of the, <laughs> out of the dugout and spit chewing tobacco on the guy's shoe. Lean uh, back, Gibby. <laughs> It's funny how our most successful managers have been the kind of lean back kind of guys, right? Yeah. Cito Gaston, John Gibbons. But yeah, but you, you need to, and that's what we were kind of talking about. Like Montoyo, while I think he's good for the kids because he he's, you know, he's able to relate to them. Um, he's got that, you know, he speaks Spanish, so of course it helps with a lot of the Latino players. Yeah. But oh, man, yeah. you, you, sometimes you need somebody to just take the bull by the horns and lead them somewhere. Right. And say that enough's enough. It's time to win. Like these, these losing an extra innings. Yeah. Cause I'll, 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 I'll predict something now. I'm guessing these games are going to hurt them come September. Yeah. You know, we we're down by, we're four games behind, you know, the three games, the four games that we just lost to the Rays. We could have taken two of those, maybe one from the Red Sox. I mean, then we'd be in first. Yeah. It's just, and I know it doesn't seem like it, and it's important in May, but yeah, those games still count when it comes to September. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think you need someone to grab the bull by the horns. You're right, and say, you know, enough's enough. We got to start winning these games, guys. And in all fairness to Montoyo, he's only got three starting pitchers to play with, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to call Stripling a starting pitcher, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even count Stripling. I'm like you know, Ryu, Robbie Ray, and. Uh, and Matt's and Matt's, you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got like three real starters. The rest are just piecemeal together. And and we talked about this. We said, you know, there's only so much workload that this bullpen can take before they start, you know, feeling the fatigue and, and the over and the you know the extra workload. And we've seen that. We've seen the bullpen implode in three or four separate games here. Right. Well, and that's, that's a good segue into you know what the bullpen's done this past month. So this month, they got a 4.68 ERA, uh, and that's compared to their 2.52 ERA in April, right where they led the league. Yeah. They've also have 198 innings pitched, and and that's third in the majors for most innings pitched. That's crazy. And we've talked, and we right, we've we've beat this over the head for the past month. And it's been great. The bullpen has saved the Jays games in April, but this is going to happen. We saw it coming. Yep. And, and we texted this week. I said, I'm sick and tired of seeing on the schedule bullpen day. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a game where you're essentially almost giving up on that game. Yep. 100%. Because you, you can't really expect to win a bullpen game because your, your relievers aren't designed that way. Because you're, you're really hoping that four guys, three to four guys are going to have a good day. Yeah. Right, that they're all going to pitch to their capabilities, and they and and it, you know what, the Rays do it sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if, if only three of those four guys have a good day, that one guy that has a bad day gives up three or four runs. Yeah, I mean, whereas so, your one starter has a really good day, he gives up one or two. So we we got lucky with the last one because Stripling, uh, he wasn't the starter in that game, right? So right. Trent Thornton was supposed to be the opener. He, it's not really a starter. They call it an opener. Yeah. And, uh, and they were hoping that he was going to pitch two, maybe three innings because Thornton has that capability. He's been a starter in the past. 
but he only went one inning. Right. And then Stripling came out and threw seven and we weren't expecting him to throw seven. They were hoping that he would give them maybe four solid innings. So two, three plus four is seven. And then you've got your regular, you know, high leverage guys at the end of the game. They just got lucky that Stripling was able to give them seven innings. Seven innings, yeah. And pitched beautifully out of the bullpen. And so uh, to me, that's, you know what? He pitched great out of the bullpen. Let's let's keep him there. Yeah. He's obviously he's obviously not a starter. He's a long relief guy. And if he's good at that role, let's keep him there. Let's, let's and just uh, just to continue on the just to, just to keep hammering <laughs> on that bullpen, <laughs> the walk rate for relief pitchers was up uh, from uh, nine point two uh, to now thirteen uh, oh. walks. I mean, that rate. I mean, you can't win ball games when you're walking thirteen batters. Yeah. A game. Um, yeah, and and that's it. I mean, you know what? It's not all the it's not all the bullpen's fault. That we had we had. We had opportunities in extra innings, um, and then that comes down to the last six batters during this uh, six-game losing streak: Telez, Jansen, McGuire, Jonathan Davis, Santiago uh, went ten for sixty-nine yeah. to bat one forty-five. Uh, they, that, yeah, I mean, you can't just keep. We'll talk about Guerrero in a second. Yeah. You just you can't keep relying on Simeon Guerrero and Biggio. Exactly. And Oscar, right? Or, and, well, and Gritchick. Bich- so, and and Gritchick and Bichette. <laughs> As I was saying, I'm like, man, maybe you can. <laughs> but the problem <laughs> is that you, you've always got pretty much three of those, you know, dead zones or, you know, a dead spot in the lineup. You've always got three. So that's a third of your lineup. Right. Not producing. Right. And they're against the AL East. They've been outscored 33 to 22, uh, batting 255. 328, 424. I mean, that's not, that's not going to do it. Yeah. Um, but that's, but you know what? Let's look at the positives again. Let's end, let's end the chase talk on positives. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who I think we both said was going to have a breakout year. Yes, we did. And I think you mostly um, has really, he's shown us the way. He now leads the league in RBIs with 41, leads the league in slugging percentage at 674, leads the league in on base plus slugging at 1.121. Leads the league in total bases at 116. Is second in on-base percentage at 447. Is fifth in average at 337. And leads the league in WAR at a three. And home runs at At 16. This is the guy we're waiting for. Exactly. (laughs) It's Uh, exciting that we actually have a homegrown, legitimate superstar. And he really is right. Like he's he's become he's. And what I like about what I like about war is that it factors in defense. Yeah. And war, and I mean, he's he's leading the league with three war, and that factors in his defense, which I think we've talked a bit about in the past few weeks, especially the past month. He looks more than capable, almost yeah. gold glove ish. Yeah. He made a pick uh, against the Rays, and I forget what game. They all kind of melted into one now. Yeah, that dive at first. That dive at first, there was one. He was a short hop, but he uh, threw it to second. Yeah, uh, uh, he just—he's got a great glove over there. Good arm. I mean, he's going to win a Gold Glove at first base eventually. Yep. Uh, so that's—I mean, he's—he's he's, and I to and it, as much as a, a breakout season I thought he might have, and I thought he'd uh, play well. I didn't think he'd lead the league in home runs. I didn't think he was that type of hitter, but he. <laughs> 
It's, I don't know if that was just naive on my part because he won, he won the home run derby a couple of years ago. Well, he didn't win it. He was second, but second. he had more home runs than the other guy did who won it because he had clubbed like 30 run, home runs in the one round. <laughs> and we'll talk about that during the All-Star break. They got to change that <laughs> format. How do you hit more home runs than the other guy and you lose? Because he, he crushed one round, like he yeah. blew the other guy out of the water, and then he was kind of fatigued by the time the last round came against Pete Alonso. And that's not uh, that's not fair. No. I don't think it is. So we we, we were talking about Vladdy uh, yeah. before the show, and I've got his stats. He's only played 71 games at first. Not even half a season. Not even half a season. And he's already showing... And considering he never played it in the minors because he was always brought third up base. as a third baseman, right? Yeah. So for him to be able to turn around and play first base at such a high level and do it really well, he might not be Gold Glover just yet. Not yet, no. But if he keeps this up, I mean, the stretches that he's making, the plays, and he's got the he's got the he's got that instinct because he makes yeah. those picks. And he knows I can get the guy at second or I, I can make the play at home or whatever. It's just, yeah. just amazing to watch. His, his uh, elasticity, yes. I guess, is for a big man. He's, he's nimble, man. He's got that stretch, like that, the splits. Yep. And uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if your heart's good to beat that one at bat where he uh, did the splits at home plate after a bat. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no. But he, even the broadcaster said it. Well, he's used to it. He just, He's been doing that whole, all year at first base. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but let's not overshadow uh, Marcus, what Marcus Simeon's been doing. I mean, Vlad's been tearing it up, but so is Marcus Simeon's kind of turned it on. The last seven games, he's batted 419, uh, 486 on base, and 903 slugging. Yeah. <laughs> like, and solid defense. And so that's the Marcus Simeon from a couple of years ago when he was a gold glove caliber player and uh, MVP candidate. Like, let's just just sit back and think what happens when George Springer comes back in this lineup. That's going to be a scary lineup. It's, it to what it's scary now to what it, the Jays need pitching. The Jays need pitching. Yeah. So, so here's one thing that I really enjoy watching when I look at the stats of these players, because if you remember, like in the few years past, like there's a lot of. 220 batting averages, 230 batting averages. And, you know, you had the odd guy who has, he was batting maybe 280. But this year we've got Vlad at 337, Marcus Simeon at 286, Bobachet at 270. You've got um, Randall Grichik at 276, and Teoscar Hernandez at 320. Like, that's the way it should be, right? That's that's the way it should be. And, you, and, and to compare that, can you can you compare, go to the Yankees lineup? Yeah. Yeah, let's go to the because I I, uh, I was watching I was watching the game uh, yesterday, and when I saw that Yankees lineup, and they're what second in the American League right now or third? Yeah, I think they're second. But yeah, their their batting average is atrocious. Right. You've got Gary Sanchez at one seventy four. You've got uh, Rudnet Odor at one sixty five. You've got Clint Frazier, who is supposed to be their new you know, high touted, highly touted outfielder, 183. <laughs> Aaron Hicks at 194. He's injured now. Um, he said Luke Voigt's 182, and he was like the MLB home run leader last year. Yeah, to Luke Voigt's, I think he, he was hurt the first month of the season. Yeah. So right now you've got Aaron Judge, who's hitting 308. Gio Oshela, 274. Gleyber Torres, 276. 
And then Stanton is hitting 282. He's actually doing well. I think he's injured as well, isn't he? I think yeah, he... he's on the 10-day IL. But those, yeah. are the, those are the only guys that are hitting on that team. That's not uh, the Bronx Bombers that I, I, I know. Yeah. So uh, it's time me, the, for, the Jays need to make up time now because we knew that the, uh, the Yankees could hit and they could break out of this slump at any time. Right. So the Jays need to like step it up. And, and the J and the Yankees just announced that Kluber is going on the, uh, the IL. Oh, he uh, just announced today. I forget what for, but he's on the IL. So there's another pitcher down. The Jays need uh, I, I and they and they are making a move, and we'll talk about that at a later segment. Unless yes. we want to do it now. Well, we can uh, we can segue at the end of the uh, the around the horn thing. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our uh, around the horn, where we talk a little bit about the the rest of the league, not just uh, Blue Jay news. So around the horn in uh, league news, Joe West is it Cowboy Joe West? They call him. Yeah, that uh, he's now umpired. A major league record, 5,376 games, which I think he's umpired 76 of those correctly. Yeah, he's widely regarded as one of the worst umpires in the league, along with Angel Hernandez. Yeah, he's not as bad as Angel Hernandez, but he's pretty close. But he's also way older. <laughs> so, and how, how, how long has Joe West been on uh, umpiring? Well, he umpired, he was the umpire when, Mil, when Willie McCovey, that's right. Willie McCovey. Yeah, they named the Cove after him. <laughs> they, they named him part of a ballpark after him. That's how old he is. His 500th home run on June 30th, 1978. He's been umpiring since 1978. I was two. I was not even one yet. <laughs> like, ah, why are you still around, Joe West? Time to... Time to give it up. Yeah. Uh, so other, other news around the league. Um, Noah Syndergaarden was pulled from his, you guys he was rehabbing uh, for the Mets and he was pulled after elbow soreness. So that's not good. No. Not good for the Mets. I mean, doesn't affect us at all. But. No. But for those that don't remember, Noah Syndergaard was a Jays prospect. Yes, a highly touted Jays prospect that we gave up for. R.A. Dickey, R. A. Dickey. <laughs> and Josh Tolley. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's not forget the key piece of that puzzle, Josh Tolley. Uh, yeah, we we talk, why, why why can't our catches hit anymore? Um, yeah, so there is one news. Uh, other, other really interesting news: New Era, the the ball cap company, came up with a uh, new uh, some new ball caps called the called Local Market. <laughs> Is they added some some designs under the the ball cap of you know the Seattle Mariners? They had a coffee cup in the back for you know for Starbucks and these. So I before we let me just finish what I'm going to say and then it's it's a funny story. So then I tell I tell Ivan about this segment uh, right before the podcast. I'm like we should talk about these hats because how awful they are. They the Blue Jays one had like. They moved the the red maple leaf of the on the uh, on the Jays uh, blue jay a little bit. It looked like a an earring now on the on the blue jay. They had a generic uh, pennant pennant on the side of the hat that said just Toronto on it that looked ridiculous. And they put a thing of poutine <laughs> on the back of the hat, like. <laughs> 
<sighs> poutine. <laughs> like, uh, how un-Toronto is poutine? It's been... This uh, at the Expos. Yeah, it would have worked for the Expos. Perfect. But and then they had some kind of thing that was it, did it say what did it say in the back? Is it, it, it was it looked like the outline of the Toronto Toronto, not the skyline. The skyline would have actually been cool. <laughs> it was just like if you look at a map and they're like, here's the district of Toronto. Yes. And you've got like the lakeshore and you got the the you know the square rectangular shape of like you know, maybe Bathurst and the 400 yeah. highway or whatever. <laughs> it was just ugly. And then it said 1977 on there. Yeah. So the year the Jays uh, came into existence, it yeah. just ugly, ugly hats. And I thought like, this is, this is atrocious. I can't believe like, I just thought I didn't even look at anybody else's. I saw Seattle's briefly because it, it was in alphabetical order. So obviously it came just before Toronto. And I thought this is terrible. So I told Ivan about it. And Ivan Googles it, and what'd you find? It's a new era. Uh, after ridicule, new era decides to pull their local market line of hats. <laughs> it even lasts seven hours. <laughs> so if you can find a local market hat anywhere, I would snag it, because it's probably going to be worth a few dollars down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Just like, those. If you Google it. If you get a chance, Google these hats. They're just atrocious. Uh, then another thing around the league, uh, Trevor Bowers up to doing Trevor Bauer stuff uh, played in San Francisco for the first time for the, the, the giants and Dodgers rivalry left after, I think it was six and two thirds or seven innings. And he, he's getting booed as he walks off the field and does like the whole Colgan, like hand over the ear, like to hear it louder. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's like, I hated, a, it. I hated this guy to start the year. Now I love him. I think he's great. He's like, he's like a wrestling heel. He really is. And baseball needs that. Yeah. But if you watch, uh, if you get a chance, and we've mentioned this before, if you watch his YouTube channel, his uh, his pitches are pretty pretty awesome. He's got a lot of movement on his pitches. He's filthy. He is filthy. Unless they're probably doctored, but he's still got a lot of movements on his pitches. Well, they they had taken a few of his balls out of the game earlier in the season. Right, and I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't heard anything about that either. They said they were going to send them for uh, analysis from MLB. And just to kind of touch on that, we'll probably have a little bit more information next week, but Joe West actually removed um, Giovanni Gallegos uh, hat. He plays for the St. Louis Cardinals. And yeah. he noticed that he had a substance under the bill of his hat and had him remove the hat and uh, sent it to MLB for analysis. Wow. That's Joe West saw that. That's Joe West that saw that. 68-year-old Joe West saw something on a hat from the bullpen. But uh, there we go. It's starting already again, right? Pitchers yeah. trying to get away with putting substance on the ball. Um, another thing about uh, Trevor Bauer, I guess he's got a uh, – he's got obviously the, the, the undershirt of the jersey. Like, don't like, they usually wear that, you know, Nike or whatever. Yeah. Sweat-resistant shirt. But he's got – Dodgers logo, but then he's also got his Bauer Power logo. You know, it's a B with a lightning bolt through it. It's kind of yeah. a neat logo. And he was warned, Major League Baseball warned him because he did an interview, a Zoom interview after the game with that, and the logo, that logo was showing. So his next interview, he covers up the logo with a piece of paper that says, not my, lo- not my logo, don't find me. <laughs> like, this guy's a gem, man. I wish the Jays would have signed him. Maybe they still will. He's only got two-year contract in the Dodgers, but uh, he's uh, he's he's fun. To, he's he, make, he makes baseball fun. Yep. And he uh, and he also talks about uh, he thinks that 
that whole uh we talked about it last podcast the throwing at the the who was it in mercedes yeah mercedes get the ball out and he says that's ridiculous if you want to if you're throwing at a guy just pitch better right so the game was like exactly what we said when it was 15 to 4 the game was over anyways why are you worried about a guy that hit a 3-0 pitch a mile and a half yeah moving on a segment we call out of left field just something that we like to talk about that's completely kind of zany and and baseball that happened and this week zach plezak is he is he dan plezak's son i have no idea i'm gonna say he is <laughs> <laughs> fake news um so zach plezak who's a relief pitcher for or it might be a starting pitcher for cleveland fractured his right thumb <laughs> and this is the quote from the article zach plezak fractured his right thumb by quote aggressively ripping off his shirt and caught it on a chair end quote so, so we, we kind of pictured the Hulk Hogan ripping the shirt off. Shirt kind of off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he was getting in bed with his wife and was trying to be sexy and, and his hand against a chair and broke it. <laughs> I don't know how you aggressively rip off your shirt. Or it might have been after a game. They didn't really specify the incident. Itself. Yeah. I mean, he was so mad he ripped off his shirt and slammed it and broke his thumb. There's been some weird injuries from there have been from remote uh, game remotes breaking pinky fingers to aggressively <laughs> ripping off shirts. <laughs> this is kind of weird. Uh, so moving on to our, this is what we're going to talk about, I guess, Jay's need pitching. Yep. Let's move into our segment of blue chips and dip. And this guy we've already talked about in our podcast already, but it was appropriate. And I thought this would be a perfect time because he'll be pitching tonight. He's not pitching tonight. And the game got postponed. <laughs> <laughs> game got postponed till tomorrow in a doubleheader. But it probably, I think he's pitching tomorrow. Is that confirmed? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to suspect that he's going to pitch tomorrow. Yeah. But anyways, we're talking about one and only Alex Manoa. The uh, Jays now, I think he's uh, probably the highest, highest ranked. You, I'd imagine. He, well, he's the high. Yeah, I, I, he's not the highest ranked, but he's the one closest to MLB that's got a really, really high ranking. Right. So I, he, but he, I think, I think it's safe to say he's now surpassed Nate Pearson. I think so. I think Nate Pearson's kind of <sighs> lost his luster. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Alex yeah. Manola, he, uh, and we said this, man, we're really good at predicting things. <laughs> we should get a job in, in uh, broadcasting <laughs> uh, or just do podcasts. <laughs> we said, we said it'd take about three to five games for him to get called up. Sure enough, three games. He's 3-0 in Buffalo with a 0.50 ERA. 18 innings pitched, giving up only seven hits, one earned run, five walks, 27 strikeouts. 27 strikeouts. strikeouts. Fantastic. (laughs) It's like wiffle ball. And uh, four hit hit batsmen. He's hit five walks, four hit batsmen. Maybe that's why nobody's hitting against them. They're terrified. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about calling Alex Manoa? I, I, I think the Jays have no choice. I mean, let's be honest. Their, their pitching is, their starting pitching is the major issue right now. They just don't have enough of it and they're relying way too much on their bullpen. So they were like hoping that Nate Pearson would be that answer. He obviously isn't. And Manoa is the next logical step. I think it would be really hard for Jay's management to not call him up. 
Like, how do you not, how do you, how do you justify not calling him up being three, and zero with a 0.50 ERA with 27 strikeouts in triple A? There's nowhere else to put him. Exactly. And, and the fact that that right now is like pitching is a need other unless they go and sign a free agent or make a massive trade, where else are you going to get that pitching? Right. And that's, you know, in, in the end of May that there's not a lot of pitchers available yet. Right. People are still trying to find out where they're going to fall. Exactly in the league. So this, this was a no doubter. In my, in my opinion, it was, it was a no brainer. Yeah. You, you mean you had to call him up. He's, he's the best pitching prospect you have and he's dominating one. And, but I, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. And I, I've heard in the broadcast where they, there's no way he's going to pitch in the Yankee stadium. He won't be called up to play against the Yankees. <laughs> Although he did dominate them in, in spring training, but that was spring training. He's not, and sure enough, they called him up. And I, so I have two thoughts on this. A, yeah, I kind of agree. You're really <laughs> throwing him the wolves. Like he, you want to, you, you want to be a major league pitcher. Here's Yankee stadium. And here's Aaron judge. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, but I also think if there's anybody that could take that ball and run with it, with this guy's kind of swagger, I think it's Alice Manoa. Yeah. That's the one thing that uh, everybody keeps saying is that this guy's confidence is through the roof. He's got not an ego, but he's just got this, I'm, I'm you yeah. Need that, like, yeah, yeah, I'm it. I am the guy. I'm the guy that's going to take the ball every fifth day and I'm going to dominate. And we, and the Jays need that. They, I, I, they need that. I think, I think Robbie Ray's that kind of guy. Uh, not as vocal, maybe, but he, he shows it on the mound. He grunts Re- like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like uh, Monica Sellis from dating myself with that or uh, <laughs> Monica Sellis or uh, Venus Williams, Serena Williams, the kind of song that she's like. He sounds like a female tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the grunts every time he pitches. And that, apparently that's an Arizona Diamondback thing. I don't know if you've heard that or not. Because uh, yeah. Granky does the same thing. So I guess the pitching coach then said, just let it all out and yeah. grunt. And it's, anyways. But Jason, Grilly, back, Jason Grilly used to do that too. Yeah, see, it's true. But uh, in any event, I think, you know, the, the team needs that kind of, need that, uh, you know, Bichette's kind of, he's kind of the leader, not super vocal, Guerrero's, you know, does his thing, but they need that guy that I, I don't know. Me personally, I think they need that guy to be like that, that presence. Right. And he's yep. got that. I, I, I really hope he pitches well. And I think he will. I hope so. And, and, and I know, I, I think that's where the Jays are like, he's got enough confidence that I think if he does get hit around a little bit, he can kind of get over it. Right. But like, let, let, let me paint a picture here. He's 23 years old, 6'6", 260 pounds. And I think that's just generously underweight. Um, <laughs> this guy is a mountain of a man. Yeah. 23 years old, looks like he's 35. Right. He's tatted up. Tatted chain. up, big gold chain, massive beard. He's... Regly beard, yeah. Yeah. He's an intimidating looking dude on the mound. Yeah. And... That's the and and like Robbie Ray's that kind of guy. He's a big man too. He's got tight pants, tight but pants. He's, <laughs> he's a big man. Uh, I think the Jays need that kind of personality. You know, it's kind of that. That's the fire you need, right? And uh, I think that'll light up the that'll light up the, the entire club. I, I I'd imagine. I know he's only a rookie, and that's a lot to put on a guy. But I, I really think, and I think we've been pretty good at predicting so this far. year mm-hmm. so far. Not bad, eh? Uh, so let's. Speaking of predicting, there's a segue. We, uh, I think, I don't know what you picked in our prediction show, 
about where Manoa was going to end up. Or I think we, I think I said maybe August or September he'd show up. Uh, obviously wrong. I don't remember what I had said. I don't know. We'd have but, to go back and look at our archives and see. Yeah. We'll have to go back and look at our prediction show itself. Yes. And do a mid-season kind of update and see where we where see we where are. We are. <laughs> see, how, see how bad I was. Um, I don't know why I picked Jack Flaherty to win the Cyan. <laughs> what was I thinking? Anyways, um, so let, let's 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 go from here. Let, let's start fresh. Alex Manoa. What's his record going to be? What's his ERA going to be? Wow, this is really tough because it is his first season. Yeah. Um, so there's one of two things could happen. One is there's not enough data on him and people have a really hard time hitting. So if he's got his control and his stuff is playing well, they're just going to have a really hard time hitting him and his ERA is going to be really low. Or <laughs> they figure him out really easily. Like he's got two pitches that work really well and then they just sit on the one that he doesn't throw as well and he, they crush it. I'm open for the latter. I don't. I don't like that. Or, or the for, the former. Um, former. But so I, I'm going to say he's going to have an ERA of three seventy eight. And his record? Uh, let's say he gets another twenty. Uh, maybe not that many. Let's say he gets fifteen starts. I would say he goes maybe eight and eight or t- eight and seven. So I'm going to say Manoa dominates. Okay. I think, I think he gets rookie of the year votes. I don't know if he'll win. I think there's that uh, outfielder in Seattle that probably has that wrapped up now. What's his name again? <laughs> uh, Kelnick. Kelnick, yeah. Jared, Jared, Jared Kelnick. So I'm, but I'm going to say he's going to dominate. I think he's got that bravado. Uh, I think he's going to have a ERA closer to three, maybe 310. I'm hoping 280, but I'm going to say 310. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to say he goes nine and five. Nine and five? Yeah, that's my prediction. Book it. Book it. (laughs) We'll see. I I can't. I, I I was really looking forward to watching him pitch tonight, but I'm really looking forward to watching him pitch tomorrow. Yeah, same. I'll have the, uh, I'll have the game on during the day. Yeah, it's at four o'clock. I think the time is a first game. Yeah, I'm actually golfing in the morning, so it's perfect. Oh, there you go. Yeah, 13 degree weather. It's going to be cold. Oh, cool. A little, little chilly. And for those Americans, 13 degrees is, I don't know. <laughs> cold. Cold. <laughs> uh, even for Sudbury. Um, Probably in the 60s or so. So the Jays play the Yankees tomorrow, a doubleheader. Uh, then they move on to Cleveland for three before we get back to the podcast on Tuesday where they play Miami at their new home in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. So what do you think with, so the record, so they play two, three, four, five games before we come back. What's the record going to be Ivan? Well, I'm hoping that they, uh, they manhandle the Yankees. So I'm, I'm hoping that they, they, they win the series. So two, two games, they'll probably lose one game tomorrow. Hopefully it's not the one that Manoa's pitching. Right. And because uh, the other one's going to be a bullpen day, I'm thinking, or unless Robbie Ray's pitching, can't remember. And then Cleveland, Cleveland's a tough one. They always have a hard time with Cleveland, eh? Robbie Robbie Ray's pitching the second game tomorrow. Okay. Well, they they could have a chance of winning both of them then, if Robbie Ray is Robbie Ray and 
Manoa is pitching like he did in Buffalo or Trenton. <laughs> so, yeah. Trenton, Buffalo. <laughs> Domingo Germain's pitching against Manoa tomorrow. That'll be a tough one. Yeah. He's four and two with a 305 ERA. And then they face Montgomery. Who's, yeah, I got an area over four. Yeah. So, yeah. And so in Cleveland, you think out of the uh, three games there, how many are they going to win? Um, they, do have, they do have a tough time against Cleveland. Yeah. I, I'm going to be conservative. I hope they win two out of the three, but I think they might just get one out of the three. Well, I, uh, I want to go optimistic. Yeah. I think, I think Manoa brings that fire. It's going to light a little bit under them. Uh, I think they're going to win both games tomorrow. And I'm even, I'm even, I'm even going to say Manoa won't get the win. He'll go, they'll, he'll go to extra innings. And the Jays will win. And then I think they'll take two or three in Cleveland. One good thing about tomorrow is that they're both seven inning games, so we don't have to worry too much about the bullpen. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh. Knock on wood. <laughs> if we have to worry about the bullpen in a seven inning game, we, something went horribly wrong with Manoa <laughs> uh, or, or Robbie Ray. Yeah. But, uh, in any event, I hope uh, I'm being positive. I think this is just a little blip. Every team's going to go through those, you know, those losses. Unfortunately, it was against the uh, AL East, but yeah, that's, that's the only down. That's the only problem. eh? So they, they went from second to fourth, fourth, but it's pretty, I mean, it's all tight. Yeah. I mean, the division's three pretty, or four games. pretty tight. I think the, if I just checked the schedule really, the standings really quickly. I think they're four and a half back. Yeah. They're four and a half back at first, but I mean, Tampa Bay is 30 and 20. Boston's 29 and 20. New York's 28 and 20. We're 24 and 23. Yeah. yeah, that's six game streak really hurt us. Yeah. But if we can take all three from New York, that that could bring us close to New York and, and possibly pass them. So right. And I truly don't think New York is as good as that record shows. What do I know? <laughs> Just a part-time podcaster. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to add, uh, Ivan, before we close out this week? No, um, what they always say is a winning streak ha- a streak has to start with the first win, and they got that last night so let's, let's let's see if we can get a win streak going let's, let's win six in a row and see what happens yeah exactly perfect okay thanks everybody for for joining us this week on fans from the stands episode number 14 we'll see you next week see you next week guys